Hey y'all, welcome to Boogie Nights. This is your favorite uncle and host, Alexis Chainsaw Massacre. I am sitting in one of my new recliners in my horror room that I have worked so hard and so long on. It's coming together piece by piece, and I'm almost fucking done. I will definitely be showing a big review because I love this room, and I figured why the hell not podcast in it? I am so sorry for the audio quality of the last podcast. The only reason I even put it up, I debated on not, was because Arlo, I'm sorry, Biz Arlo, was, you know, kind enough to do it with me, and I didn't want to make him do it all over again and have him do all that for nothing because it's kind of, I won't say pulling teeth to get him on the podcast, it's not like that, but it's something that he has to kind of work up the courage to do. So I, you know, didn't want to disrespect that and have him do all that for nothing, but I do apologize for that. I had a lot of words and a lot of things to say, but it was just pop, scrap, snap, crackle, pop. So I'm so very sorry. I don't have him with me today because these this podcast is about some audiobooks I've listened to recently. I don't think I've ever covered any kind of books on this podcast, so I figured, hey, no time like the present to try something new. It's it's not that I haven't watched movies recently. I've watched lots of them. I always do. But in terms of ones that have come to the theater, uh, I watched Talk to Me and definitely have a lot to say about it, but it's kind of tough to talk about it without spoiling it because there's, um, I don't know, lots of twists and turns that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I would say give it a watch, though. It was pretty legit. Uh, the other one was The Voyage of the Last Demeter, which... You know, that movie was pretty, it was all right, I would say. I, you know, I love a good Dracula story, but it is one chapter from the Dracula novel, so they kind of did, well, not some exactly some Hobbit shit with it. They didn't make it into three movies, but they did stretch it out to two hours, so it was a little long. It was cool, though. I liked, you know, they definitely did a good a good job setting the tone, and Dracula was cool, but... Just don't really have a, a lot to say about it all in all. Have watched some good older movies recently. Uh, Lake Mungo, that was on Tubi, Australian movie, kind of mockumentary style, very subtle, but very enjoyable. That's one you gotta pay attention to, though. I tried to multitask and not the movie for that. Uh, Maniac from the early 80s, I finally watched. I know I've been living under a rock, but I, th- I feel like that movie was legit. Definitely ahead of its time, and that kind of put me on a slasher kick recently. Finally watched the Slumber Party Massacre, which was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, I fell asleep three nights in a row watching it, and I woke up and thought the killer was somebody else, and it wasn't. But it was so much fun. I loved it. I love a good, fun slasher. I really do. And another one I watched, too, slasher-wise, Pieces. That movie had, you know, lots of gore, lots of fun. It, I don't think it was meant to be funny, but it's fucking hilarious. I love the dialogue. So, you know, just what the doctor ordered. But today, like I said, I'm going to be talking about two different audiobooks that I've listened to recently. The one is called A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. He also wrote whatever the book was that uh, Knock at the Cabin was based off of. I forget what it's called. I haven't read it yet. And the other book I'm going to talk to you guys about is called... Hopefully I don't butcher this title because it's super fucking long. A Southern... I'm sorry. 
The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Both of those I breezed right the fuck through. One of my friends got me into this app called Libby, and all it is, it connects you to, to a local library. All you need is a library card. And in the words of Arthur, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. So... It's pretty cool. You can get audiobooks from your local libraries. It's completely free because on the fucking Apple Books or whatever, I've I've bought books off of there before, but it's like, I don't know, it's not cheap. There's this one book that I've been really wanting to listen to that I've heard about on TikTok a lot called Playground, but it's like 18 bucks. I'm like, eh, I'm probably never going to listen to it again. And Apple shysty in the sense that after you finish a book, it acts like you can send it to your friends, but really just sends an advertisement. It's like, please buy our book. So they're full of full shit. So it's nice to have some free audio books because I don't, you know, I have paperback books. There's some books that I've read a couple different times, but for the most part, I really don't revisit books. I used to love to read you guys. I was a nerdy little fucking kid that would do the summer reading programs and shit and win all these prizes and the doctor's like, hey, your kid's not going outside enough. You know, that kind of shit. She's kind of pasty, um, kind of chubby. But I, I used to read my ass off. And the big the big thing back in the day, too, they had the fucking uh, scholastic book fairs. I'd be like, hey, mom, can I have some money for that shit? I used to get so fucking pumped about those things. That and the book at pizza. If you used to read... I don't know, X amount of books, and you got a little personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut, and that was my jam, and there's one thing that has never changed. I've always been motivated by free food. Now, one of, you know, one of my gateway horrors growing up, of course, was Goosebumps. I read, I don't know, probably all those books at one point or another, definitely the Fear Streets, too. I remember in one of my classes... The teacher said, you guys cannot write fucking book reports on Goosebumps anymore. I'm like, fuck, now what do I do? So I think I went into scary stories to tell in the dark or something, which also great shit growing up. But after, you know, the years of attending college and school and realizing that, you know, something's wrong with my brain, um, I just... Reading didn't hit the same anymore, and now, you know, I would love to be one of those people that sits and reads a book. I don't really enjoy reading shit on my phone. It's too fucking tiny. The iPad I've done a couple times, but the issue I have with reading reading is that it puts me to sleep. Legit, like, if I am having trouble sleeping, I'll lay there and, like, kind of start to get anxious. All I have to do is read for about 5, 10 15 minutes tops, and then I fall asleep. I've had the same book on my nightstand for probably a year. It's this uh, true, I don't know, true accounts of some coroner. I've gotten like two chapters through in a year because I fall asleep legit every five minutes. So that's why audiobooks are my jam because I have a decent work commute. I do a lot around the house. I've definitely gotten through some audiobooks, painting and doing home projects. Yesterday it was crafting. So I'm blowing through some books pretty easily. So that's my way to go. You all do you. I've always loved being told stories. So to listen to stories is fucking awesome. Even though like auditory wise, I'm probably the worst at, you know, retaining and processing information. So there's probably some details that I miss or I zone out. and I'm like, 
can I eat your pizza off of my own stomach? And then I miss half the chapter. That's what the rewind's for, so I think I get it all. But without further ado, I'd like to talk about these books. Now, I will say it's it was interesting reading, you know, reviews for both of these books. I don't really know, you know, I'm such a, you know, an avid movie watcher and reading reviews for movies is so much different than books. It's I feel like the book community, like avid readers are almost pickier. I I don't know. It it was just it was an an interesting experience reading some of these book reviews. I think one thing that the book and movie reviews have in common, at least with horror stuff, is that people are like, I wasn't scared the whole time. Okay. I I respect that, but here's where I'm at. I stopped expecting to be scared by stuff years and years ago. And I'm not saying that to be a douche. It's just my fucking nightmares are so much scarier than anything I've ever seen or read. So, I don't I don't know. If you let go of that expectation or that hope, then you're going to find a whole lot more things entertaining. So, I guess that's that's my main thing to say. I definitely like I, I'm not I think I've said this before with movies and stuff. I don't need a big heady symbolic hard to read experience with a bunch of fucking fancy vocabulary words and shit. My mom used to, when we asked her what a word meant growing up, she'd be like, look it up in the dictionary. And so I do like to try to do that to, you know, keep somewhat sharp. But I don't want to have to do it every fucking five minutes, especially a lot of times with an audio book. I'm in the car. I can't do that safely without wrecking my car. It's like, oh yeah, she died doing the one thing she loved, looking up fucking vocabulary words. No. So I just really want to be entertained. And, you know, a lot of the time since I am doing other stuff while I'm listening to these audiobooks, I don't want to have to fucking think about it too hard. I just want to be entertained. That being said, I am a little more particular about the genres of books I'll read. Obviously horror, I love thriller, like some kind of mystery stuff, some dark comedy, some macabre. But I don't just pick up a book because somebody suggested it to me. I don't give, I don't want to read about fucking World War II like a fucking history channel dad i don't want to read about some dumbass basic bitch fucking family like i i do you know have a little bit of a narrow reading interest i guess so both of these books that i'm talking about they are within the horror genre i think a head full of ghosts i started listening to because it was a tiktok recommendation the other one the southern book club's guide i just needed a, an audiobook to listen to, and that was immediately available at the library because that's the one issue is that sometimes you have to put them on hold for a while and, you know, you kind of lose your steam and your excitement. You're like, no, I just want something right the fuck now. So I guess I'll start with A Head Full of Ghosts. The premise of this book, there's this, we'll say woman, she's like in her 20s. Her name is Mary. She's being interviewed by this author that wants to write a book about her and her family's experiences. Mary was, I want to say, like 8 to 10 years old. She was younger. Her older sister, Marjorie, starts acting really fucking weird. And, you know, the whole family's concerned about her trying to get her medical help. They don't know if she's having some kind of psychotic break, whatever it is. But she's just getting worse and worse. All of a sudden, their dad decides... 
hey, I used to be Catholic, and now that's relevant to me again. I'm going to consult a priest on all this. And the mom's really fucking annoyed by that. She's like, there's nothing wrong with her spiritually, whatever. She just needs mental help, and we're going to find it. Well, one thing leads to another, and... The family is, you know, pretty short on funds. They're struggling. They're a family of four and trying to survive just like anybody else in these streets. Well, eventually, they wind up not only getting the priest involved, but they wind up making a reality show over Marjorie's experiences. So there's a fucking camera crew in their house all the time, and the priest is involved. They're trying to take the demonic possession route and try to rid her of bad juju that way. So, a lot of the book, you're wondering, is she truly possessed, or is it mental illness? Is she faking it, and it's none of the above? So, that's that's the premise of that. I don't want to go into a whole lot more detail with that. I think this was a pretty quick read, or listen. It's weird to say that I'm reading when I'm really not, but... I want to say it was like seven, eight, maybe nine hours top. So I got through it relatively quickly. And I would say on average, if I'm really into an audio book, I listen to it probably at least a couple hours a day. I really did enjoy this book. Now, the reviews that I read for this were really mixed. They're like, it was boring. Nothing happened. I wasn't scared. Blah, blah. Okay, nothing happened. That's I don't know where that was coming from. That wasn't true at all. It definitely, I think it really keeps you going and it keeps you guessing. The ending was totally unexpected to me. And of course, I'm not going to ruin it. There was also haters on that too. It was a bit of an M. Night Shyamalan twist. No, not like that. But it was a twist at the end that you didn't see coming. You know, or in the words of my sister, oh, I predicted it the whole time. When? As I was reading it. No. It wasn't like that. I definitely did not see it coming. I thought I had an idea of what was going on, and it I only turned out to be maybe like 10% correct. So I like that. I like to be, I don't want to guess something. And I feel like, you know, people get a lot of shit when I, when I say people, authors, um, you know, directors, whatever, anybody that's trying to uh, tell a story, people get shit all the time for the ending being bad. And it's like, well... It's really, in anybody's defense, it's really tough to come up with an ending that's, you know, completely original, completely shocking, whatever. I know Stephen King gets shit all the time for just ending his books. I mean, fucking, it is like, oh, it's a giant spider! Like, okay. So, but, you know, in everyone's defense, writing an ending is a lot harder than it sounds. I uh I have a series of short stories that I have written and I'm editing it now. And that's part of the reason I've gotten into the, you know, the really listening to books again. It inspires me and lights a fire under my ass to do it. And I'll say that as, I guess, an aspiring writer, it is tough to write an ending. So to do something completely shocking is difficult. I think that this book had a pretty shocking ending I can see why it wasn't what everyone wanted, but I thought it was cool and it stayed true to the book and it played with the themes going on. And, you know, it. I, I like, I want to like the whole theme of possession 
And one of these days, I want to do a podcast on my favorite horde subgenres and my least favorite. One of my least favorites is possession stuff. When it comes to exorcisms, I feel like it has so much potential. And that's potentially one of the scariest things. I have some Catholic guilt in me still because I grew up with that shit. And I think that shit is scary, but I feel like it's never executed really well. So to me, I felt like it took a different approach especially with the whole reality show element of it, because you would never see that. I mean, you know, there's everything on TV, but there's some limits. I feel like the Vatican would never allow that. And that was kind of some of the point in the book and some of the reason why the town was all pissed off at these people saying like, they're just in it for the money. It's, you know, exploiting shit. So I, you know, I thought it was cool. It was an interesting kind of angle on exorcism. And then with the whole like things of mental health and this family falling apart and it's affecting the whole family's mental health. And it's all from the point of view of Mary who, you know, she was the youngest and trying to make sense of it all. And this lady's talking to her about it later. I will say adult Mary is kind of annoying. She's working as a blogger and her, when she's reading her blog post, whoever is, maybe it's the same narrator, but whoever's doing it it's just it's annoying i'm like shut the fuck up can this be over um luckily that doesn't take up like a ton a ton of the book but that wasn't my favorite at one point though when this lady is interviewing adult mary and she's showing her her horror collection and her uh subgenres of exorcism and this and that i'm like is this me oh my god and i i used to be a blogger like and then, no, it's not, but it's like this whole thing. It's like, there's other people that do that? Oh, wait, this is fiction. This is not a fucking uh, nonfiction documentary. So all in all, I would say check it out. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't, I guess, amazing, but it was an entertaining enough story. I did enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I need to really get on like a rating system here. I guess if we're going out of 10... I would give it like a seven. It was pretty legit, maybe an eight. It, you know, got to the point. I didn't really feel like other than the blog sections that there were any lols. I liked the the characters overall. You definitely empathize with them a little bit. Marjorie, like at some points, like, you know, she's she's still a shitty teenager no matter what she's going through. So there's a couple a couple times you're like, oh, Marjorie, but you're like, you're just a teenage dirtbag, baby. So... I would say definitely check it out. I would check out more by this author. I don't know. Like, I liked Knock at the Cabin, but I didn't think it was amazing. I was more impressed by the fact that it wasn't uh, M. Night's, like, typical way to do a movie. But I've also heard the book is really good, so maybe I'll check it out at some point. What do I have to lose? So, A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay, 7 to 8 out of 10. Excuse me, I need a brief water break. You hear me guzzle. I'm not used to talking to this much. Unless it's uh, therapy or some other shit. And then that's, that shit's exhausting. Alright. So the second book, um, The Southerner... The, the, hey, y'all, I'm... Apology. <laughs> the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. We're just going to call it the Southern Book Club from here on out because that's way too much fucking words to say. So that is written by Grady Hendrix. Now, I will say 
this book is written decently about like uh, Southern housewives experiences. I was kind of bummed to realize at the end that it was written by a man. Because it just, I don't know, it takes some of the, um, I don't know, the genuineness out of it. But, it, you know, the fact that an author can do that, though, is also kind of cool. So, there's that. But I chose the book just because it was available and it sounded like an interesting premise. And this same author has written a bunch of other stuff. I'm listening to one now called How to Sell a Haunted House, and I will say I'm not nearly as into it. It's <laughs> it's dumb as fuck. Like, I feel like it would be a great, like, horror, like, B-movie, but the way, you know, it's been marketed is not that way, so it's like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know that I'm buying into this all that much. Like, it's kind of, it just, like, ended pretty much seeming like a stupid knockoff of Puppet Master. So the the title's kind of misleading. But then again, so was the book club. So obviously right off the bat, you know, a vampire's gonna be involved somehow. Which, that's fine. I don't mind things being predictable in that sense. It's not always about it being a shock. It's about the journey and how do we get here. So you're wondering that for a while. It is... A slow start. There's a lot of character development at the beginning. There's a woman, Her the main character, her name's Patricia. She has a family of four. Her and her husband, Carter, who is a psychiatrist. Her children, Blue and Corey. They have a dog named Ragtag, which... <sighs> Ragtag. Those, those dog subplots pull up my fucking heartstrings. But Patricia, you know, she's a southern housewife. Like... They live in, I think, a suburb of Charleston called Mount Pleasant. This author must be from that area or is obsessed with that area because that's where at least both books that I've been listening to, they take place around there. So, I mean, the Southern culture is definitely super important. But Patricia, she when she met Carter, she was a nurse but gave up all that to raise a family. Well, as a lot of... Not all. I don't, and I don't. I don't want the fucking housewife community coming after me because my God, you best believe there's times I could ju- wish I could just fucking stay at home with my dog and fucking clean and drink, but I can't. So fucking hats off to you, especially if you have children. I will lose my fucking mind. Like, so no, no disrespect there, but naturally, some housewives. After a while, starts a second guess and like, why did I make these decisions? My life isn't as fucking glamorous or exciting as it could be. What if things were a little different? You know, what if, what if, what if? And that's what's happening to Patricia. Now, the one thing that starts to happen that's a little exciting in her life is she starts attending this book club. But the initial book club she's attending, the books are boring as shit. They're they're reading about, you know, Gandhi and stuff, which like, no disrespect to him either. He's done some great things, but do I necessarily want to read about what he's done? No. I need a little more fucking blood, guts, and gore and and crime. And there's none of that in the Gandhi story or the Nelson Mandela story. The wars, whatever. So, initially, Patricia gets called out at the beginning of the book because she didn't read this book for the book club that she's supposed to because of her housewife and motherly engagement. So people call her out like, how dare you? We all had time. Blah, blah, blah. You know, a bunch of fucking Southern Karens. I don't know. 
you know, fucking Bojangles Karen. I don't know what, what you call Southern Karen. They're all the same, I guess. So one of the women, the uh, Southern ladies comes up to her and is like, I didn't read it either. Well, I tried to, but I thought it was boring as fuck. I'm actually reading this like sleazy true crime book instead. So based on that interaction, they wind up kind of forming their own book club unofficially. They don't want to put labels on it for a little while because they don't want it getting out to the other book club people. And it's it's got a different vibe. So they're reading this fucking true crime stuff, which for, you know, fucking early 90s housewives in Charleston, South Carolina is kind of scandalous, I guess. I don't know. I was born around then, but I didn't know that that was a thing. And living in the Midwest, the culture around here is different than the South. So I don't fucking know. Um, so they are doing their thing, having a good time with this book club. Patricia's mother-in-law winds up visiting and then living with them because they realize she's losing her marbles a bit and has to move in with them. She's a bit senile. So as this is happening, there are some strange occurrences happening in the neighborhood. Patricia gets her ear bit off by this like rabid next door neighbor. I don't know how else to describe it. This like fucking old lady neighbors eating a raccoon and just starts like gnawing on her. Well, she dies because they find out that she's been infected with shit for months. Big surprise because people don't just eat raccoons like fucking roadkill. And so she dies and Patricia's like, you know, feeling some type of way about it because she's like, you know, she did eat my ear, but I do feel kind of bad. So she's like, I'm going to do the good fucking Southern lady shit and take the casserole to her family. Well, she doesn't really have any family except for this mysterious great nephew or nephew or some shit that came from out of town. She goes to give him this casserole, thinks he's dead because she for some reason just barges into the house because that's, you know, hospitality. It's, I guess that's Southern nosiness and Northern nosiness too because I'm nosy as fuck. So whatever. So she starts giving like chest compressions to him and he wakes up and is like, whoa, I'm very alive. I'm just napping. Can you stop? So there's this weird, you know, kind of, Tension with this next door neighbor for a little bit. And because, you know, of her nature, she's overly apologetic and just won't leave this man alone until eventually he's just like, okay, I actually need some help because I don't know what to do with, you know, my great aunt's stuff. I'm kind of overwhelmed. And I also have this condition where I can't go out in the daylight. <clears throat> Yeah, so right away you're already thinking, all right, when is this dude going to turn into a vampire? Like, because of the title, you're not entirely surprised. So she's trying to do the polite thing and help him out, help him get get all his ducks in a row. She finds out at one point that he's just got a fucking bag of like $86,000 in cash, but he's like, I don't have an ID. All I have is this fucking creepy van. And she's like, well, how are you driving that van with all these fucking overly tinted windows? Whatever, she gets him all squared away. What winds up happening over time is, you know, she gets close to him and tries to invite him to the book club that doesn't go over very well with the rest of the ladies. Because, you know, that's that's fucking girl time. That's stitching, bitch. You don't do that. Well, unfortunately, 
she starts to find out about this James Harris. I don't think I said his name. She starts to develop suspicions about him and the, you know, some of his behavior, some of the things he's probably doing. It starts out because her mother-in-law is, you know, even though she's seen Isles fuck, is yelling, talking about how this guy had killed her father years ago. And it's like, well, her father's been dead for a long-ass time. This man looks stunningly handsome. So the likelihood of that happening. So it starts with that. And then she gets killed by a bunch of rats. And the lady that like help, is her caretaker and helps clean for her was talking about how her in her neighborhood all these children are going missing. And then they wind up committing suicide when they do find them. So Patricia is developing suspicions of this man. Without me saying too much, she tries to get everybody on board. But by then, the husbands have befriended this guy. Because they're, you know, the fucking rich southern husbands that play golf and scratch their ass and, you know, eat fried green tomatoes that their wives made them. And they're like, oh no, he's such a good guy. And it's like, they don't really have anything to base that off of instead of face value. And... It doesn't, well, I'm just going to stop there. So, James Harris, Patricia has suspicions trying to get everybody on board. There you go. So, I mean, you could probably read between the lines a little bit about what happens. Like I said, it's not really a great, it's not a fucking mystery novel. It's in the title. So, but it definitely gets, it gets interesting. Was this book amazing? No. It did get kind of off to a slow start, but I felt like it had kind of had to. Fucking look at Breaking Bad. The first season was kind of slow. Better Call Saul started off slow, but that character development's important. So they had to do this with this and really set the tone. I think that thematically, like, it covers racism, fucking the patriarchy, um, Southern culture, fucking, you know, the whole trope of women being hysterical, not knowing what they were talking about. I think it's because I was angry about stuff that was going on in my life at the time of reading this, so I was a little, a little more influential, but that's a fucking theme that makes me so mad in something when nobody believes the woman, she's fucking crazy, and how, how dare you make these accusations and ruin our family. That shit pisses me off. One that did that so effectively recently, if you haven't watched The Watcher, it's on Shudder and Hulu, I think. That does that so well. And it just, ugh, gets under my skin. It's like, you stupid piece of shit. Just listen and quit being a fucking jackass. So that really is very evident. And, you know, some of these... You know, and definitely goes into the the um, housewife culture, the mother culture, and may, really makes you empathize for housewives and people that, like, they, they're not seen as, like, very influential or, like, should we listen to them because they just fucking clean the skid marks out of our underwear all day. That mixed with the Southern culture, I feel like, I don't know, really set the tone for this book and really painted the picture. So for that, you know, respect. I respect the fact that shit's in the title so you can kind of make some conclusions. 
the ending was a little drawn out to me and not like great but it wasn't horrible either i i don't know there was a a, a point of victory for patricia but all in all like feel feel kind of mixed about the way it ended this one was a bit longer i want to say it was like 13 or 14 hours but it does there are some moments of tension in this book where i felt my skin crawl some games of cat and mouse some times where i was like you know very tense and i love when a book does that it i wouldn't say it was scary ever but there was a, definitely a couple moments where i was like oh fuck and then i'm like what do you mean i have to go back to work i need to figure out what the fuck is happening like this is oh and you know one of my biggest pet peeves is when i'm getting real into a book and i'm listening to it on my phone somebody calls me i'm like god damn it leave me alone but you know it's not anybody's fault they don't know that i'm i'm listening to my stories like you know it's not a soap opera but might as well kind of be i guess so i would say with this one like I would give it like a 6.5. It wasn't amazing. It was kind of long in spots, but like definitely painted a picture and got, I don't know, took took some subjects. And like, you know, at one point, you, you definitely see how kind of naive these housewives are when they're trying to save some children. And they're like, oh, in our town, the police come in three minutes. And they're like, yeah, well, these are black children that live in poverty so no it's not like that here and it's just like you know definitely definitely those themes I definitely want to check out more from this author I'm not crazy about the one I'm on now but the one I'm definitely intrigued about uh, is my best friend's exorcism I've seen the movie advertised on my fire stick and stuff so you know at this point you know I don't know when I'm gonna die but as much as I can figure I, I have nothing but time in terms of listening i have a lot of time where i have no choice but to drive or you know whatever the fuck so might as well listen to a good story in the meantime you know i love listening to podcasts but i am not always in the mood for certain podcasts and i don't really listen to anything horror based really like i listen to last podcast where they do uh you know true crime and cryptids and shit which is great but there's nothing quite like getting lost in a story and i feel like well, actually, Stephen King said, he said, one of the things that'll make you a better writer is if you read every day. Or maybe it was right every day. I don't, maybe it's both. I don't fucking know. <laughs> maybe I should, you know, look into the things before I just quote them. I don't know. <laughs> I could see how either one would help. And now that I think about it, he's probably talking about writing. But I do kind of try to pay attention to things like that the way somebody writes something or explains something especially like if it's violence involved and you know i've never killed a man nor have most of the authors that write about killing a man so you know you can definitely write about it creatively but you got to use your imagination in terms of like how the spine cracks and stuff <laughs> i don't know but so i would say you know check out either of these books if you're looking for like an easy read I was definitely sucked into both of them. They were entertaining enough. I can't complain. Like, it it wasn't earth-shattering. I don't think either one of them are, like, brand new. They, they appear to have been out for a few years. So if you're looking for, like, an up-and-coming brand new shit, well, sorry. I don't know how to help you. But, so there we go. So, you know, maybe I'll start talking about some more books and stuff since that's that's my life now.
and by the way, this isn't a phase. This isn't like listening to fucking Avril Lavigne. Actually, that's not a phase either. I've listened to her my whole fucking life. But I've listened to audiobooks on and off for a while now, but I feel like um lately it's just been more consistent and it's been it's been my jam. So actually I do believe right now the Nun 2 is out. We didn't need it. Nobody asked for it. Will I watch it at some point? Probably. I'm waiting on the report of my coworker, so we'll see. The Exorcist uh, Believer, or whatever the fuck it's called, that got bumped up a weekend. It was supposed to come out October 13th, which, yeah, perfect. They bumped it up a weekend because of fucking Taylor Swift releasing her uh, concert or whatever, which, you know, no shade on her. She's not my thing, but good for her. She's making billions of dollars being, like, an American girl and shit. It's just not my thing. Good for you, Taylor. But I feel like it's not really your thing to do things on a spooky day. But, you know, if it means, what you call it, coming out a little early, that's cool, too. I don't have super high expectations for it, but the trailers seem really cool. So, we'll see. Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out, which I've already seen Willy's Wonderland. I've never really... I've tried, I tried to play the game on the Switch, but I couldn't get past the first room because I'm a noob. Um, but I I heard that that movie's going to be three hours long, which if that's the case, I will definitely not watch it until it comes out because that seems fucking horseshit. I have such a problem now with movies being way too fucking long. Uh, that's why I like horror most of the time because it keeps it... To the point, but even that, it's like, hey, let's make it two hours and 15 minutes and have additional dialogue that nobody cares about. The Exorcist already did that. Move the fuck on. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, I don't know if there's going to be, like, a ton, a ton of horror movies to really speak on, but I'll definitely have something to talk about. We'll see. And as always, you know, if there's shit you want me to review or cover, I'm I'm happy to. Just get a hold on me. Get a hold on me. (laughs) Or of me. On one of my social medias or some shit. Slide into my DMs. <laughs> tell me tell me what you want me to watch. Alright, well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Thank you so much. I hope to God this audio is better because I don't know what I'm going to do if it's not. But it's spooky season, bitches. So have fun. Get you some pumpkin spice fucking mayonnaise. Stay spooky. Alright, peace.